Right, hello, Dave here, and Ol. Um, yes, hello, I'm here as well. Yes, but you're not important. So I'm going to say something uh, which is about trees. Oh, you want me to say something Yes, now? say something now. Yes, yes trees, yes. right. What are you going to say about trees? I like them. We need more of them, particularly in cities. Right. Now, look, I'm going to help Dave out here. What he's getting to is that there is an organisation called Trees for Cities who plant trees in cities. Yes! Since 1993, Trees for Cities have bunged a million trees in the ground. So chances are, if you're looking at a tree in your city, it's them what did it. Now, look, they need Would some... you believe it? Oh. Would you? <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Now, if you want to branch out your philanthropy, uh, you can go to www.treesforcities.org forward slash donate where you can bung them some cash. £5.50 of your hard-won English pounds will ensure that another tree can be bunged in the ground and that will be good for everyone. Yeah, a whip. You can plant a whip. Is that... A... No. Is that what a baby tree is called? A whip, yes, a whip. And that's where Whippersnapper comes from. from. Well, you learn something new if that's true, which it might not be every week. Welcome to Sustainable 146. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 146. Oh, have you recovered from my birthday fun? No. No, nor I, nor I. You may be old, but you can still party. Crikey Moses, that was... That was large. Uh, we are Sustainable, your hefty environmental podcast, all about people and the planet, and why, despite everything giving us a headache, we can still have a chuckle about it every now and then, ain't we all? Yes. And what are we going to be having a chuckle about somehow this week, then? Oh, it's going to be chuckle-tastic this week, Dave. We're going to be talking about how the planet is really not enjoying having all of its nature torn up. Huh. Uh, yeah, big report come from some scientists says everything dying uh, so the chips are really down for for nature chips um we're also going to be talking about some rather good news um i'll go so far as to say some excellent news <laughs> which, is, uh, which is that people really <laughs> like birdsong now i know that sounds a bit piffly in comparison to the first thing but look there is some good news that means oh maybe people are going to Stand up for the right things and uh, and support the vanishing wildlife. So excellent news there. And also we're going to be talking about some people in Australia who are getting their comeuppance. And if they're not careful, Dave, they will be political has-beens. So that's excellent I- chips has-beens. Yes. Breakfast theme. <laughs> Thank you. Chips, eggs and beans. Exactly. Excellent news. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. Well, just before any of that nonsense, just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yes. Yes, but these are very much our own views. So if anything that you hear makes you come over all cross, don't be a silly sausage and take it up with our bosses. But just let me and I'll know directly. Yes? Absolutely. Don't email to my heads. Email to what? my toes. Email to my toes. Oh my god! On with it. To my toes. On with it. Things that make you go. Jesus, shitting! Oh god! 
So, Jesus shitting cocos. Ah, don't want to look, don't want to look. I have to look. Ugh. Yeah, what, what is it you don't want to look at then, Oh, um, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's this. Mother Nature is under threat from human activity as never before. More species are now threatened with extinction than at any other point in human history. That grim assessment comes from a sweeping new report issued by a panel of experts convened by the United Nations. I mean, yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Not ideal. Any um, of this. So, you know, headlines like humans threaten one million species with extinction. Sounds a bit mean. Sounds bad. Yeah. Um, and that's not threatened in the sort of naughty step sense of it's, yeah, that's what it's not like, if you, you don't buck your ideas up, <laughs> ugly fish, we're going to extinct you. Yeah. It's You better no, stop no. sitting there squidging, <laughs> otherwise you're, you're at, you've had it, son. Yeah. No, it's, it's not that. It's, it's more in the sort of active sense of threaten. It's more in the sort of standing on their heads and going, you're dead, and that was threatening way. Uh, other headlines, what other things you can pick out from this news story include oh, um, species are going extinct at a faster rate than we've seen for millions of years. Oh, good. Um, good, good, good. Uh, what else? Oof. What else we got? Oh, I've got one. Uh, plastic pollution has increased by 10 times since 1980. So 33% of all species are overfished. Today's fish is trout a la creme. Enjoy your meal. Fish! Today's fish is trout a la creme. Enjoy your meal. Fish! Today's fish is trout a la creme. Enjoy your meal. Fish! Today's uh, fish other things, what we got? The, I think the really good one, and not in that sense of good, is that the global biomass of wild animals has fallen by 82%. Whoa. Uh, and I think that's since about late 60s early 70s um so that just means that's like in pure heaviness get all animals in the world on some scales as i understand and it, those yeah. that that weight is 82 percent less than it was since what it was 50 middle years of last ago. century 50 years ago yeah oh it's bad isn't it? wild animals that is right uh, not not cats well, no, I saw I saw a dog in a park like, that would probably single-handedly level it out <laughs> but we've, we've kind of was more than replaced the biomass of wild animals with the biomass of like livestock and ah. and domestic animals but yeah yeah isn't that isn't that weird whole thing is weird oh uh, and we're in danger of getting very miserable and we haven't started yet so this is a report from the united nations oh yeah this isn't just us making no. some stuff up report from the united nations um which is an international uh, they've convened an international group of 140 scientists and they basically just looked at everything and they said everything is stuffed So here's the thing, oh, yeah, uh, I've not been having the cheeriest time, death of planet-wise, mm. the last wee while. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. It's all right. Well, sometimes it gets a bit much, doesn't it, old mm. son? You know? It does. And weirdly, I was exchanging a few uh, tweets of various people about this, including people like Alice Bell, who's been on this podcast a couple of times. Go back and listen to episodes 33, 21, and 118 for more on Alice see, Bell. I see your Rain Man still intact then, <laughs> despite the existential crisis. Yeah, no, I can still do that, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was going back uh, uh, about how like, it's weird. a weird thing is happening, which is that I've 
banged on about this stuff for like, how long have I been doing this now? 15 years, right? Banging Babble. on the back. Has it been plan. that long? Oh, so sodding off. This episode <laughs> feels like it. We'll start cheering up or it'll start to feel like that properly. Um, and environment and stuff. And then and suddenly, in what does literally seems like it's overnight, certainly since the start of this year, relatively speaking, we talked a bit about this last week, talking about Bill McKibben saying this feels like something is different. Well, it feels like something is different. But weirdly, everyone caring about this stuff is somehow freaking me out all the more. And I don't know why that is. Like, why would that be? Shouldn't I be happy? Because now everyone's suddenly switched on to the gravity of the environmental crisis and all of that muttering in corners I was doing and sarcastic tweeting I was doing instead of actually doing any work Mm. has been validated. But it's not doing that. It's actually the opposite. And I reckon it's because, like, I reckon there's a bit of me, a little tiny bit of me, like maybe my left finger. See it? Mm. Me, 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 me. Little finger. I reckon that finger was going... That's all right. It's not really happening. Can't be really happening. Can't be as bad as all that. Because if it was, all these people would care about it because people are rational. Uh, Despite all the rest of me, particularly like all the rest of this hand and my arm going, people aren't rational. They're squishy bags full of idiot water who will quite happily bugger themselves into an early grave, right? Um, (laughs) If that's not a strange image. So, uh, (laughs) quite a strange image. So, I don't, so a good, this has not come along at a good time. No. But at the same time, all it really is, and we said this back in episode 126, I think it was, when we talked about that 1.5 degrees report that came out of the United Nations, which said, you you know, climate buggers fix quickly, do now. Um, And we said then that, like, all this is saying is a thing we knew. And now it's been written down. And this is what this is again. So I shouldn't let it freak me out, but it kind of does freak me out. So tell me why it shouldn't freak me out. Ah. (laughs) Well, firstly, my name is Ol, not Ah, uh, but not you can that. call me Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Ah? Ah. Um, yes, I was going to suggest exactly what you self-diagnose because I, I, I have felt something similar, which was I don't want this stuff to be true. I. I desperately want something authoritative and trustworthy to come along going, turns out everything's fine. I really would like things to be fine. I don't think I necessarily want to work on climate change or the environment if things were fine. I think there's some other... No, believe it or not, despite what people say, we're not just banging on about this stuff to keep ourselves in a job. No, exactly. (laughs) I would like... I often think, you know, will I look back from my miserable deathbed, which, you know, presumably be one who won't even be a bed. We won't have beds left by then. But and think, Death well, steak. I could have done some really interesting, creative things if it wasn't for the fact I was, I mean, not me personally. Right. But okay. In theory, <laughs> right. had I had a complete personality transplant, it would have been possible to do some really interesting, creative things with my life rather than desperately try to, you know, stop the world burning there's a lot of ifs in here mate there are a lot of ifs but um yeah so there's definitely a part of me which wants some clever people to come along and go don't worry it turns out it was all bollocks um not happened yet is it well it hasn't happened yet but the point is as you were saying when it was only a sort of niche concern all of this oh god we're gonna die you could convince yourself that all of those clever people and there are plenty of clever people out there who are not worried about climate change like oh maybe they're right maybe they know something we don't know and as more and more people do get freaked out you're like oh maybe we were right and in many ways that's worse
got no choice but to face it, really, though, ain't you? It's a thing, it's some facts. Let it freak you out if you want, but it's far better to know what's going on than just to suspect what's going on, right? So, let's face it, Ola. You know what else we got to face? The music? Uh, well, kind of. This. <laughs> Oh, f*** you, baby. Oh, dear. Uh, Look, I know everyone gets cross about whenever there's a baby and they're like, there are more important things Ollie's talking about the royal baby. Oh, yeah. Okay, Prince Harry had a baby. Meghan Markle had a baby. The same baby. (laughs) The two of them. Yeah. And in very unfortunate and I'd like to suggest selfish timing, they had a baby just at the time when all the world scientists were going there's no planet left. And so obviously most of the papers, apart from the whiny ones, went, oh, new baby! Page 17, by the way, planet's dead. And I know this is how the media works. I get it. But this does seem a bit disproportionate. And also, it wouldn't have been that hard for him to come out and face the cameras and go, look, I know you're all interested in this. I know it's a big deal. And obviously we are incredibly happy. It's wonderful news for us. But I do think that today of all days, you know, you should kind of be a bit more concerned about the destruction of the planet. Because not not least because him and his brother have made a big deal about how much they care about the planet. One of the interesting things in this UN report wasn't just that we're saying everything is dead, right? Um, was that it's had a go at the whole capitalism thing, didn't it? That's interesting. It was interesting. Considering this is your, you know, august elite institution doing this. Yeah. So as with a lot of these reports, they deliberately don't set out specific things that governments should do or policymakers should do, That'd right? Be too helpful. Um, that would be too helpful, and uh, their funding <laughs> yes. would get cut off. Yeah. Uh, but that's not even a joke. I mean, that that is the case, right? Yeah. yeah. But also, you know, also you can't agree on that stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The remit of the reports is, oi, scientists, go and measure stuff. Tell us how many things have died. Like how much less there is of stuff. Um, <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your jobs. Make it last three hundred pages, will you? Yeah. For this. yeah. <laughs> Um, but, 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 at least in the reports I've read of this, because I cannot reiterate enough, I have not read this report and shall not be reading the report. No. Um, but on the BBC News website, uh, they have said that a key recommendation from the report is that the world, we move away from GDP as a key measure of economic wealth and instead adopt more holistic approaches that would capture quality of life and long-term effects. Now, that doesn't sound much, does it? No. But actually, when you think about it... It is. It is much. Yeah. Because this is the UN saying to all world governments, mm, economic growth is kind of the problem here. Well, the obsession with it is the, is the, is the problem. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 It's seeing it as a good thing, as like, you know, the thing you... Well, go back and listen to episode 77 when we talked to very large economist brain, Kate Rayworth. Mm. About, about her donut. About her donut. And her donut don't need to get no bigger, Ol. That's what she said. Mm. Um, and uh, I've totally lost my train of thought. Ollie. Oh, you are awful. But I like you. <laughs> Another interesting thing, I thought, was, um, you remember back in episode 99 when we were talking about 
ocean plastic. I mean, we were talking about this big hoo-ha and the Blue Planet effect had come out and everyone was talking about plastic. And there were some people who had said, oh, great, great. Now everyone's just going to be worried about plastic in the sea and they're not going to care about climate change anymore, right? Well, this is like, and then last week we were talking about the extent to which everyone cares about climate change, right? Yeah, and, amazingly, humans have the capacity to care about more than one thing. Well, and, and the, the amazing thing is that this report makes it clear that it's all one thing. So it's not more than one thing. And that's kind of the point, right? And I, I think I might have said this in episode 99. But if not, I think it. And I definitely thought it then when I'm now saying I thought it then, which means I thought it then. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go back and edit into that episode, me thinking it then, even if I didn't think it then, which I did. <laughs> This is going to become a very strange record of what you may or may not have thought over the years. <laughs> what, I was, what I thought was that it's all the same thing. Getting people to care about like the things we do in our economy and how it works and the impact it has on the ugly fish is the same thing, sort of cognitively speaking. It may not be immediately the same thing, but it's all part of, ooh, maybe I'd better not set fire to that fridge in my front garden because it might destroy the ozone layer. Or maybe I'd better not just drive my car round and round and round and round and round in circles for no reason cause climate change right and this report basically says yeah you know how all this stuff is buggered all these animals are dead and the soils eroded and all of that that's happening anyway and then climate change is coming along it's gonna make it all worse and it basically says like this is all one big clusterfuck basically mm. um i reckon this is all people are beginning to understand that this is all one big clusterfuck and that is a massive reason to be cheerful about something that's seriously isn't i guess yeah that's also been staring us in the face for a bit because whenever you say to people do you care about climate change and they go yeah i do my recycling like the campaigner responses <laughs> go here. come here oh, no wrong wrong <laughs> wrong that's totally wrong but actually what that's telling you is people don't think climate change or resource depletion or plastic pollution they think environment and they know that recycling is good for environment Right. So so it's actually been there right in front of us the whole time. But I agree that it is it is a reason to be cheerful that basically this is being perceived as one big problem. I was also relatively cheered by some of the at least some of the quotes that managed to get into the reaction of this, which were not conservationists going, oh, that's why it's critically important that we preserve this one keystone species or we reduce this particular chemical or, you know, we do this thing to our diets. The solutions that were coming forward were we've got to protect half of Earth by 2050. Like we got to, we got to have basically half of the planet given over to nature because you just because it's whole systems. It's not you can't pick and choose which yeah, yeah, yeah. bits you look after because you need the whole thing. Now that's going to be a tall order to say the least. And my God, it's going to create some interesting problems when there ain't no rest of planet for people to live on. Um, but at least it is a whole, a whole system solution, and and I think that's Sorry, that whole system oh, solution. Don't, yeah. You've got to up your game, son. What would you call it? Plan. <laughs> Plan. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, <laughs> fair. I want my money back. Well, do you mind me asking why? I'll tell you why. Because it's balls. That's why. <laughs> it's complete balls. <laughs> Now look, this is Sustainababble, yes. and even when things are distinctly uncheery and overwhelming, our babble antenna 
is live. Babble never sleeps, Ol. The babble never sleeps, and we found some babble. (laughs) Now, look, I don't want to... I am going to, but I don't want to (laughs) shit on the scientists who have spent three years of their lives looking at the absolute annihilation of all life on Earth, writing it into a report, trying to get the world to take notice, and then having that spiked by women having baby. But I am going to shit on them, because... That's they what said, you do. <laughs> look, that's what we do. And one of them said this. It is time to reconsider the share of industrial meat and dairy in our diet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Reconsider the share of industrial meat and dairy. Should, yeah, we? Being... Should, we? Should we reconsider it? You're being so Oh, unfair. okay. You're being so Hang on a minute. Unfair. Wait, I'm going to do some reconsidering. <laughs> yeah, reconsidered. And I think that share should be a bit smaller, ideally. (laughs) You're being so unfair. Not five minutes ago, not five minutes ago, you read out a quote from the same scientists using the same sort of woolly language in which they basically says capitalism is killing us all, but they addressed it in woolly language. And you said that was fine. And you're being very unfair because they're just using scientific language to talk about a thing. And they're talking about the right thing. And the right thing is if you said to me, and not just because I'm a militant vegan, although... It is time for that music. If you said to me, Dave, what's the one thing you would do to sort all this out, all of this mess? I would say, oh, end horrible, wasteful, pointless, industrial, animal agriculture of meat and dairy, or at least massively curtail it. End it, but massively less of it. Get all that land back, put trees on it, put squirrels in trees, everybody happy. Carbon come out. Squirrels. Uh, Whatever, the ones you want rid of. Great. (laughs) Grey squirrel sanctuary, right? And we'll do that, uh, and it will take all the carbon out of the air, it will get all the biodiversity back, it will be good for the soil, Uh, it will stop all the methane coming out of cows, you don't have to put nappies on the cows, and everything will be fine. So they may not have worded that perhaps as directly as you <laughs> yeah. would have liked. I think you and they need to have a little conflab about cons, because I'm not sure you're saying the same thing. But I take your point. Animals are innocent. Don't be speciesist. Never use the name of an animal. Yeah, well, also, all I'm not finished with this yet, because shrimp... Who? Yeah. Shrimp... Yeah, well, so also, can you <laughs> shut up? Squirrels, me... I can understand, but <laughs> shrimp, shrimp, swim, shrimp, swim. It's it's the it's that it's the s it's the s it's the r and the s's, and it's all very complicated. Shrimps. Just to be clear, I'm not like mocking people who have speech impediments. Mocking I'm mocking me. you yeah. because you can't say certain words that you're perfectly capable of saying. They're on cocaine. <laughs> what? They're on cocaine. What shrimps? <laughs> yes. Yes. Golly. Scientists, according to a study in the Miami Herald, scientists studying freshwater shrimp in British waterways have made an eye-opening discovery, yeah, which yeah. is all the shrimp that they looked at are full of cocaine. Um, well, anyway, uh, the lead author, Dr. Leon Barron of King's College London, um, had this to say. Such regular occurrence of illicit drugs in the wildlife was surprising. I agree, Leon. I agree. It is surprising. Yes. That wildlife is on drugs. Because it's all going down, people are flushing it down the toilet, so I mean, weeing it out, weeing it out, weeing it, it, yeah. it out, into the shrimp. Shrimp uh, talk very loudly and only about themselves. Boron, boron, boron. Just think they're the most interesting people in the room. Yeah, host podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Win British Podcast Awards. Controversial. Shut up. <laughs> 
Oh, it's depressing, isn't it? There was this. This follows a similar story that a few months back about all of the eels in London's Thames are, are, are hyperactive because not only have they got traces of cocaine in their system, they've got so much cocaine in their system that it is literally making them hyper. And oh, it's the, not the funny, great is news it? is this: this happens in most big cities, but the levels spike at the weekend because in most big cities people take drugs more at the weekend. Not in London, though. We are top of the level of the league table of taking drugs all the time. <laughs> so the levels are not only very high; they never dip. There is so much coke in London that the levels of coke. Uh, washed into the Thames whenever there's a, particularly when there's a lot of rain because the sewers overflow, uh, it, it just it just never dips and the Thames eels are going nuts. Early one morning while making the rounds, I took a shot of cocaine and I... Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful. Still feeling cheery? Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, you know, what are you going to do, eh? What are you going to do? Can't sit around moping. Can't have your birthday and sit around moping. Nah, keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Now, oh, how did you choose to celebrate uh, International Dawn Chorus Day on the 5th of May, um, which was two days after my birthday? And if it's anything like me, it was International Still Feel a Bit Sick Day. So Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had a challenging day immediately after your birthday, uh, not least because Baby Old decided... Uh, that he wanted to jump up and down on me at 5.30 in the morning and not really stop. The next day, I was didn't aware... He, didn't, he, didn't he jump up and down on you in a different way this morning? It's a bit too soon to talk about that. Like, I was really, like, genuinely had my feelings hurt when he decided to not <laughs> kick, but stamp on my groin. Uh, <laughs> doesn't he listen to the babble? Doesn't he know you're delicate in that department? <laughs> I just like, I don't want this to become a big kind of parenting thing, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to deal with an angry toddler who isn't getting his way and is being unreasonable and then decides to stamp on my testicles. (laughs) Now, what were we talking about? Um, International Dawn Chorus Day. That was the 5th of May. I was aware of it. and and Yeah, I was aware of it. (laughs) Because um, I saw some lovely stuff on on Twitter, ironically, from people going, oh, yeah, I've always had this bank holiday Monday tradition of, like, getting up, going to listen to the Dawn Chorus, and then uh, coming back and, like, having a lovely breakfast. You know that thing where, like, sandwiches at the top of a hill taste loads better because you've walked to the top of a hill and you've made your sandwiches, and it's like, oh, that's fulfilling. Or, like, beer at the end of a long walk uh, tastes one. better because you've got to the pub and it's all lovely. And they were saying same thing happens with like breakfast after their dawn chorus, like really sort of wholesome thing. And I was like, that sounds brilliant. I'll definitely do that. And then the thought of getting up at five in the morning through choice, just, nah, I'm not going to do it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about birds song. Um, and we were talking in the first chunk of this here podcast all about how, oh dear, everything's buggered, right? And, you know, another thing that is buggered a bit closer to home is birds in the UK. More than, According to the RSPB, more than 40 million birds have vanished 
from UK skies, I blame Paul Daniels, in just 50 years. Um, 56% of species of birds in the UK are in decline, and one in 10 on wildlife more general is critically endangered. So it's important, all of that stuff we were saying about how the world's nature is buggered, yeah? Well, our nature is buggered and all. Go back and listen to episode 62 when we talked about the UK, the state of nature in the UK, what is in a state. Right, um, um, absolute state, of <laughs> absolute state of nature. But according to the RSPB, hardly anyone actually realises that. Well, your babble is here to rectify it. But also, the RSPB have done a record. What? As in, they've written some logs in books and gone, birds dead. No, they've uh, stood on one leg for a day and a half and emailed Chris Akabusi about it. <laughs> nice. And, like, songs about the environment are always shit. So when I heard the RSPB had done a song about the environment and it was in the charts, because it got to number 18 in the charts, this thing, I thought, oh, my God, that is going to be shit, right? Yes. But then it's not a song. Well, it is a song, but it's not a song song. It's a song. Bird song. They just It's the recording of bird song. It's this. Well, that's nice, isn't it? And what are they, what, I mean, are they just trying to make the point that we're losing this stuff? Or is it just, well, just make, kind of, I suppose not necessarily make a point, but let people react to it however they want to react to it. And maybe think about, do I hear this very often? Do I hear less of it than I used to? It's made me think about it. Um, so they, uh, a, a poll that they had done said that 82% of people in a poll say birdsong makes them feel positive and mm. relaxed. Over half of people say they love, like if they could choose any sound in the world to wake up to, it would be birdsong, not the sound of a demented toddler. Um, well, and you, you say that, but when demented toddler was out of town a couple of weekends ago and I was doing prodigiously good DIY, as I think, <laughs> having seen the photos, you will agree. I will agree, yeah. Um, for boring reasons, I ended up having to sleep in his bedroom, which is like the one, the room in our flat nearest the garden. And we're lucky to have garden and there's mature trees in there. And I basically was woken up by birdsong and it was majestic. It was absolutely wonderful. Have you ever slept out in a forest, like properly slept out? Uh, I don't don't know if I have any. I'm not very outdoorsy. No, no, we need to change that. Because yeah. um, soon you won't be able to be outdoorsy because there'll be nothing there. Yeah, but um, it's incredible. If you actually go and sleep in the trees, just, you know, under a tarp or something, uh, and are woken up by a dawn chorus, it is incredible. Yeah, you can't help but feel full of life. So I think that's all they're trying to do is they're trying to basically go, check this out, isn't it brilliant? And like 10 years ago or something, this would have crashed and burned, but it's part of this whole thing that I think people are beginning to go, yeah, I do love that thing. It's just about loving something and making yeah. people realise it wasn't there. And since I had, like, heard about this, and I was just out for a, a little walk at lunchtime today, went to see the llamas and met a cat. That was nice. Um, that's, that's true, by the way. I know Dave works in Stinky London, but there is a farm around the corner yeah. where there are llamas. There is. Presumably they're coked up as well. I mean, it is Vauxhall. Anyway, yes, and I was really aware of birdsong in the trees. Just aware of it. I thought, oh, that's birdsong. It's not in my headphones. It's actually... 
Yeah, I even took my headphones out. <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So that's it, really. Like, in a way, I just, so I massively changed my opinion on it. I thought it was shit, and it isn't shit. It's brilliant. Fair play, RSPB. You go and download this thing. Even if you've got no interest in Birdsong, why are you listening to the babble if you've got no interest in Birdsong? Go and download it. Listen to birds on the radio. Then you don't have to hear them outside, and it's fine. And you have to go out. But just <laughs> listen to them on the radio. Fine. Put them on the wireless. Now look, more cheer. More cheer. Real cheer or fake cheer? No. Is it like the sort of thing you do when you go, everything is dying, but don't worry, we've saved a small butterfly from having a headache? <laughs> a terrifyingly endangered shrew lives for another week. Uh, no, it's not. It's not that. It's, this is genuine cheer. Uh, we banged on about Australia having a bunch of Inhofs in charge and then got very, very excited in episode 23A. Correct. Very good. Yes. 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 Genuinely pleased about that. Um, about Tony Abbott, who uh, was the Prime Minister of Australia, said a load of inhoffy things about the planet, and then got knifed, metaphorically, by uh, other Australian politicians. And that does appear to be a bit of a pastime of Australian politicians. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, the point is, uh, this chap, Scott Morrison, um, a couple of years ago, wasn't the Prime Minister, um, but went into Parliament and wiggled around a lump of coal and did this whole sarcastic kind of, oh, don't be scared, it's just a lump of coal, it's not going to hurt you. This is coal. Don't be afraid. The Don't be scared. The treasurer you. knows the rule on crops. It's coal. It was dug up by men and women who work and live in the electorates of those who... Right. We need this, jobs, industry, don't listen to the climate nonsense stuff. Um, and now that is coming back to bite him. Um, yeah, well, what's happening now is there's, by the time you listen to this, uh, there is an election either happening or about to happen in Australia. We do have some Australian listeners. We do. And uh, one of them, actually, a couple of months ago, Leash Ford, uh, over in Down Under, got hold of us and said, uh, Oi, Cobber, uh, gonna do, <laughs> oh, Jesus, gonna, go. gonna, gonna do a story about uh, this Inhofe, Scott Morrison, please. And what's happened now is that, like, in yet more reason to be cheerful news, right? Everything is reporting, at least in this country, and apologies, Australian listeners, because we're not fully on top of the ins and outs of Australian politics. Don't want to be. If we wanted to do that, We'd go to Australia. We'd move to Australia, we'd yeah. Be, we don't, we don't want be to be a lot that. nicer. And, yeah. Be a lot hotter, and that's the point, right? Because Australia is having some seriously mahoosive mental weather over the last few years because of that climate change. Um, and 100,000 Australian voters were polled by ABC, and 29%, which is like the single largest chunk, said environment is the biggest thing they're going to be voting on in this election. That's like, insane. And that's up from, like, nothing. bugger all a couple of years ago, isn't it? Nothing. Yeah. Um, even Tony Abbott, for, off of Schadenfreude episode 23A fame, has said, yeah, actually, uh, probably we should do something about climate change as well. Tony Abbott! Well, he was advocating uh, Australia withdrawing from the Paris Agreement, and he's, and he's changed that position. And yeah, I mean, and they've had in Australia massive school strikes, like that's been probably... Uh, other than the whole Greta thing, that's been the highest profile school strikes, like hundreds of thousands of kids out, out on the street. You know, so lo and behold, politicians are all changing their views and going, yeah, maybe we should do something about climate change. What are politicians for? <laughs> Let's not get hung up on the politicians. Let's get hung up on, on people. And like, because they're just followers, aren't they? They're, they're sheep. They just do whatever the polling says. 
they're gonna with a few with a few honourable exceptions, but not many. It is a reason to be cheerful, a theme of the last few episodes, oh, theme of this episode. Bad stuff is happening, and people are starting to notice it. And that may not seem... And do something. And, and, do, and do something, something about, about it. It's yeah. translating around the world into people going, all of this stuff is buggered, and I demand you do something about it. Now, it may not last forever. You know, these things peak and trough, and it seems like a sort of peak at the moment. But it's just that this is what we needed, and it's happening in kind of record quick time. And that is good. Maybe we won't get the changes we need to see quickly enough, but this happening is a prerequisite for sorting that shit out. Yeah. And it's a reason to be cheerful. And it's the single biggest reason that I have to be cheerful of the lot. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for, well, finding reasons to be cheerful, mainly. Despite yes. it all. I shall scrabble around in the bottom of my sack and pull you out something squashed. Um, oh, I, I, know it's, I know it's like a smutty pun, but I just think that collection of words is unforgivable. <laughs> After your escapades. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very sorry about that. Um, Not thank, acceptable. Thank you. Like, there are limits. Thank you, as always, to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends and intertwinkles this podcast, to the venerable and wonderful Arthur Stovall for the logo that adorns it and adorns our merchandise, what you can buy on our website. At and Wubbly adorns Wubbly Shell. Wubbly, and adorns Shell's website at wubblywubblywubbly.sustainablewell.fish. And thank you to Arabella for so nobly reading out the eco-guff. Now, if you want to get in touch and tell us that we are mad for thinking that things aren't terrible, uh, you can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish. You can tweet us at The Babble Wagon or you can just search Facebook for Sustainababble. And do leave us a review on your podcast medium of choice and tell your friends, tell your chums. Uh, Babble getting increasingly popular, that's nice. Get more popular, uh, even nicer. Um, And if you are so moved... So moved that you so moved. wish to chuck a bit of cash at Dave and Ol, so we don't have to live in penury and uh, can actually, you know, buy new microphones and stuff. And I noticed the, the elaborate rubber band. Yeah, uh, good though, isn't it? Rigging it works. Up is holding this microphone together for now because we, you know, we don't just chuck things in the pyre. We, you know, we try and extend them, but at some point. New microphone, please, hold. Um, then you can donate to us on our crowdfinder at wubblywubblywubbly.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash sustainababble. Thank you to David and to Gordon Kinnear for chucking in this last week. You are legends, both of you, and all of the people who uh, have already donated. Like you're a, you're a growing bunch of legends, and we love you, and it's amazing. Thank you. Right! That's right. just about it then. I'll um, try not to let anything freak you out too much over the next week, if you possibly could. And I suggest you invest in some sort of box <laughs> protection. To put my child in. That, whatever works. I think that, <laughs> it would have cage. the same effect. A cage, I think, is fine <laughs> at this stage. I was thinking more your testicles. Bye! <laughs> Bye. <laughs>